You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Next Trek Podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Tyler. And I'm Kate. And every week we're going to have a discussion on the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery. This week's is uh, Season 2, Episode 7, entitled Light and Shadows. Here's the brief summary statement for the episode from Memory Alpha. Burnham goes to Vulcan in search of Spock, where she unearths surprising family secrets. In researching what is left of the Red Angel signal over Keminar, Pike and Tyler end up in battle with time itself. Georgiou has a few tricks up her sleeves for Leland and Section 31. That last statement happens in the last 30 seconds of right. this episode. And I guess um, she's hinted at that before, but yeah, it's it's very much like, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah, no, that's great. Anyway, no, they're, they're, that's wonderful. Yeah, there are basically three distinct um, uh, plots happening here, really two, but Giorgio does have a, that one little moment at the very end that is um, away from everybody else. That is All part right, of the so, trailer for Giorgio's Section 31 show that's forthcoming. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all it's all set up, isn't it? Yes, they know what they're doing. Okay, guys, so what I want to do is talk about key takeaways first from us, but before we get there, I'd like to do kind of just a brief... Um, kind of what you thought of the episode altogether. Like, did you like it? Did you not like it? Um, so just kind of give me a, a, your thoughts um, in general about the episode, and then we'll dive in deep uh, with our, our kind of key takeaways. So let's see here. Tyler, why don't you kick things off? What did you think of this episode? Guys, the search for Spock is over. <laughs> it's, it's done. Oh, finally. The movie was better. Oh, oh sorry. Wow. <laughs> We're just already throwing that out. All right, <clears throat> I I liked it. Um, I I have some nitpicky stuff. There's a, there's a few parts where I think more questions are are raised than answered, and not yeah. really even about, um, yes about the Spock thing, but there are other things that I think we'll dive into to later. But I I really liked it. I thought that Michael and Spock's reunion, um, was was really good. I think I'm excited to see the two of them together. I'm just getting a look from Kate this entire time that she, she disagrees with every word that I'm saying. I do. Um, yeah. So that's fine. I we will uh, we'll get into this uh, into this further. But short uh, short and sweet. I really I liked it. It is not the best episode of the season, um, but I maybe I'm just happy that we're not looking for Spock anymore and the possibilities that it raises up from that. So that's where I am. So how many com badges out of five do you give? Um, <laughs> We're episode? rating this now. Oh, I, it's, it's <laughs> no, a I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. I'm sorry. I was just for some reason you I thought you were going there. You were about to give it a rating. And I was like, whoa, what's happening? Oh, no. OK. Right, no, it's not what he's doing. All right, Kate. What about you? What? What? Obviously, you're throwing shade already. So Gosh, what? I can what, feel what, it over the Internet. What's going on? What's going on? This was my meh episode. <laughs> um, I just I get it. I see what you did there. It was like. <laughs> Thank you for appreciating that. But put together with episode. And now that you've explained it, it's it's funnier funnier now that I explained it. (laughs) Wow. Um, Yeah, so, and some of my feelings about it come from all this Spock tease going on. Then we get Spock in an episode where he is nothing more than a plot device, really. Um, He is not a person in this episode. And with all the teasing 
and the the preseason, um, you know, look ahead, like all this drama around, hey, Spock. And then this is a very anticlimactic, oh, it's Spock. And so that was certainly disappointing for me. I disagree with you about um, Michael Burnham's scene with meeting her brother again, but we will oh, certainly I don't mean cover that all scene. that. I mean, the, I mean the later, the later part that, that scene okay. went precisely how I expected. The moment they said he went crazy and killed mm-hmm. his doctors and they were going to look for him. I, I, I 100% knew we were going to have this scene where we were going to have crazy talking Spock, you know, wandering around and, and going all beautiful mind everywhere. Yeah. yeah. That's, that was yeah. completely to be expected. Yeah. I think we even mentioned that actually. That I think we, we did. We, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. I think the one good thing about Spock showing up this week is it honors the fourth anniversary of Leonard Nimoy's death in the same week. Oh Yeah. And I will, I'm down for that. But otherwise, um, the episode never really came together emotionally for me. I will say that most of my uh, problems are plot problems. I do feel like the actors did a good job with the material that they were working with. But I had a lot of plot problems this week. Yeah. Okay. Chris, where were you on that? Yeah. I feel very much like this episode, I enjoyed it. But it was definitely a part one of two. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot, a lot of setup in this. Mm-hmm. And um, in past Trek series, this would have been a to be continued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we end on a um, definitely a cliffhanger with one of our characters who I now think may be someone else that we have seen in red. Um, and, um, we, you know, we see a lot of, um, interest or we hear a lot of interesting exposition that is very, very cool, uh, that I have some really great key takeaways. It's some great setup, but like you said, Kate, um, that's not the way we want to see Spock. We want to see him, what looks like what we're going to be getting next episode, which is begun to put the fragments back together and help him, Mm -hmm. you know, be the the at least part of the character that we all know and love Mm -hmm. so for me i enjoyed it just in terms of it's a wonderful tease this 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 episode also is only 40 minutes long so it is one of the short yeah it went we went so it went by so quick but it looks fantastic um one of the things i'll mention now before my key takeaways is it has some of my favorite transitions from one storyline to the next. Like really great, just visual. Like there's a moment when it goes from an eye and then it's actually, uh, it rotates and we're looking at the dome of a starship and it comes to, like it's some really great, well thought out, like how do we get from A to B? Wonderfully well-made show. Um, I thought the same really, thing. Really I, I, this, I was like, this is this is their Emmy submission for best visual effects. You know, that's that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it looked, it looked like a million bucks. Yep. It really, really did. Yeah, there's a moment when um, a shuttlecraft is flying over the saucer section of Discovery yeah. into a what we now know as a time rift. Um, and uh, that was just some wonderful, wonderful visual moments. I think technically this, this, this episode was fantastic. But yeah, it definitely is a stepping stone to what will eventually be the actual story. This is all set up. Mm-hmm. All right. So those were initial thoughts. I liked it. Kate was definitely lukewarm, uh, if negative, kind of close. I don't know if you wouldn't say negative, but you would just say it was. It didn't live up to expectations, right? 
Right. And we've talked previously on the episode about, or on this, on the show about how, how they chose to introduce Spock. So if if they surprised Spock with us in this episode, I think I would have liked it better. But the way we got to this episode, I think kind of killed it for me. Yeah. The marketing, the marketing. Yeah. Hurt, hurt it. I agree. I agree with you. And Tyler, you enjoyed it. That was great. No, no, no big deals. I... I would probably put myself more in in your camp, Chris, where I liked it. I didn't I didn't have huge issues with it. There are some there's some smaller things that I disliked, but um, but yeah, on the whole, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Okay, so who wants to start us through their kind of key takeaways, things that they really want to talk about? I have like um, I don't know. Let's see here, maybe nine or ten points um, that I definitely want to um, to to hit and talk about. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want me to start, yeah, Chris, I can. Yeah, Chris, if you got points, yeah. why don't you start? Go ahead. Okay, well, so here's one of the um, maybe um, uh, ones that aren't nearly as important, um, but I found as interesting. I looked back at all of the episodes uh, and the rating. We talked about how Discovery was trying to be Game of Thronesy. Yeah. Um, and most of the episodes in this season, except for the Klingon episode with the baby head, um, have all been like t- – p- uh, TV PG or TV 14. Uh, and in this episode, Tilly uh, is quoting about science and she says how freaking amazing it is. And Saru becomes embarrassed and is like, you know, we don't swear anymore. Um, and I just wondered if that's a yep. meta like moment for discovery saying we get it. We're not doing that. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're going to, we're censoring ourselves. So I thought that was interesting. I don't know if it was a nod to the audience or not. It just felt like that because she was censoring herself. Saru felt embarrassed. I just, I thought that was a wonderful kind of takeaway and moment on the bridge and a great Tilly moment as well for her to be excited, but not have to yeah. use the F word like they did last season. Um, that weirdly that rankled me so much more last season um than than just about anything else was was like yeah guys star trek like i and i am i don't i am not a prude again i've watched game of thrones and things like that like but star trek doesn't swear or like it's it doesn't f word it's a family show and, and even with horror elements like i would say still even that baby the baby head you know is pushing it too far oh yes but but i although it's so clearly prosthetic. I don't know, but like then we have we have the Klingon nudity bothered me even more than than <laughs> any of that. So it's like I, I'm happy that they're figuring out where they where their audience is and and kind of and I'm fine with hanging a lampshade on that and saying okay, yeah. we're not going to swear. So you'd have been okay with so, Ferengi nudity because that's a part of their culture, but not Klingon nudity. Uh, and and Betazoid nudity. It's all fine <laughs> as long as it's in universe, you know? Got it. That's so funny. <laughs> there's, okay. a, there's a code of behavior on a starship. That's all I'm saying. That's funny. Okay, so, um, but my, my real takeaway here is this. We get many key, um, I guess what I'd say, like, clues as to who the Red Angel is yeah. or what the kind of malevolent malevolent is that the malevolent malevolent whatever it is um whatever's going on in the galaxy right now that is obviously not good um we find out that so they throw a probe into this time rift as you do as you do um and then that probe comes back and when they rescan it they realize it is from 500 years in the future. Right? And it's and it is attacking them. Yeah. It is clearly attacking them. It has been programmed to attack them because it has been programmed to search their database, to search their computer at a very quick high rate of speed, and also it has been programmed to send a message 
uh, in some way, shape, or form to Arium, uh, who is the cyborg um, uh, lady on the bridge, yeah. uh, officer on the bridge, because she receives this three red dots uh, in her eyes. Do you think um, that was that was the plan the whole time, or was that uh, was that a byproduct? Like, oh, like we hacked, like I, I read it as it, uh, the data, um, you know, they, they uploaded the data into the, I think they, was they a, mirrored I, the data hack, I guess, into the, the, um, discoveries view screens and then, and then it got into her. No, I think it was, I think it was designed specifically for this. I think we're in a time loop of some kind. I think we are experiencing events, um, that have been able to be predicted by whoever is in the future. And they know that they need Arium to do a certain thing. And they realized that she was taken over at some point. And so they sent the probe to do what it had always done. You know what I mean? Mm, Like they just have foreknowledge of what, so whatever is happening 500 years or maybe, or maybe a thousand years in the future and something is sending a probe back. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and that, that's the interesting thing is, is that 500 years, I don't know where, where we are in the universe. Tyler, do you have any idea? 500 Uh, years? No, we're we're not there. I think what Picard is only 90 years or something like that ahead. Really? Yeah, something like that. Okay, uh, yeah, because definitely, yeah, okay. I'll figure so it out. Like, so it's definitely, th- thanks, man. You Get nerd it. out there for a second. So I guess really the question for me in this moment is, is that was the probe there, like you said, did it specifically scan for Arium, knowing that it would find her? Because I don't know that it would it would have interacted with anybody else if you were not a cyborg. I don't think, you know, you, you had to have some sort of, mechanical component Mm -hmm. for this particular virus or program or whatever it is to connect i think i think it was 31 in the future who did this section 31 in the future Uh, i will find that so less interesting if it's just section 31 again well so i've been thinking about we've been trying to determine is the red angel good or bad and then i kept thinking about well what if there are multiple factions in the future and there's more than one that's advancing an agenda and this is a very different type of interaction than the red angel was and so it just feels like whatever faction it is whether it's section 31 or not it's something else and so trying to conflate the two of does this mean the red angel is bad i think it's just different yeah yeah and it it is interesting because the interaction between tyler and pike they definitely love that the whole time yeah but but at the end of this episode though they definitely pike definitely has his mind changed and sees the red angel as being not a good thing or at least potentially not a good thing whereas previously he felt like it was a higher source or you know he he was pretty much trying to do good things Mm -hmm. so you're right kate this may actually be section 31 attempting to sway pike to be convinced that the red angel is bad when you know there's actually two completely different factions we've got the red angel and we've got whoever this sent this probe back Mm -hmm. that's a good point that i really hadn't considered or thought of that those are actually two separate different um you know tracks the um the probe also i watched i rewatched the matrix on saturday the probe looks a lot like the sentinels yes i thought the same thing yep yeah yeah Uh, and so that got me thinking a lot more about factions as well and um um the nature of what we see as the reality of the situation versus what we can't see. Like, what are the hidden agendas uh, of this? Um, And um, I think that um, 
it just made it, it it's, it's been increasingly clear but it's been more and more clear that everything is about the future in this series but it's not about the future as in a distant future but a future that is actively meddling in the past yeah which which we've seen you know in different ways before we've seen that you know most notably in the failed uh time war thing from from enterprise mm-hmm. um, which which never really never really took off if if they just as a as a kind of a thumb you know in the nose to, back to back to enterprise found a way to like Bring wrap Zindi that up or, oh, yeah. i would i would love it just to say like yeah they couldn't figure it out but we've got it that would be sweet <clears throat> um very randomly 122 years in the future that's where nemesis ends is 122 years um so this is way this. way way future yeah all right cool yeah. cool um and so which all of that i i still i still tend to think that we are um that this is a, another distraction for us i think that we've we have been um we've been seeing the red angel the red, red angel has been helping people very clearly been helping people and then now it's like oh but it might actually be bad i i i think it's too easy um but i also think it's to to just say nope now it's bad i i, I Maybe I just want to believe or whatever, but I I tend to think that that it's not as simple as all that, and that it's not what we're mm-hmm. what we're gonna yeah. think. I, I hope I really kind of I love the theory that it's that it's is it Zora um, that it's that it's the discovery from the future um, or some some form of that is connected. Um, we've gotten some good connections to our um, to our short treks that I would like that to make some kind of a sense. Um, yeah, but yeah, mm-hmm. well. And, and again, like this could be the, and you know, what I initially thought, I mean, you, you kind of took it a different way, Kate, but for me, what I read was, oh, Arium's the Red Angel. Mm-hmm. Like what's happened here is that the Red Angel That's in the cool. future understood what was happening. And it, that is, you know, whatever it is, like it could be the computer <clears throat> itself. It could be Discovery and Arium is just like a, um, oh, what is Avery, uh, uh, Avery Brooks in, um, an emissary, you know what I mean? Right. Literally right. just an emissary of whatever the actual greater thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? Who knows? There's so many possibilities there. I did have one further thought about the Red Angel from from watching this episode, which the common thread between the people who have seen it so far has been some form of emotional extreme or, or heightened danger situation, which would explain the soldier that saw them. It explains Burnham. It explains Saru. And this season keeps talking about emotions a whole lot, especially yeah. with regards to Spock. And that went yeah. from being this boring, we got it already with Spock to, okay, well, if that's, if those emotional extremes were the entrance of this into his world, then at least it has more significance than, than being just repetitively annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, so those are a few of my, I've got a couple of others that are on different tracks though, but what about you guys? What are some of the, the topics that we, you know, we, we should highlight and discuss uh, from this, from this episode? Do you think we stay in this area and then before we, we move over into Spock Burnham land? Sure. Yeah. I mean, if you've got anything else to add to, um, you know, Red Angel slash um, Pike Tyler time. Yeah. Time distortion field, whatever it was after uh, after. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the big thing that that I that I kept coming back to is after our discussion last week of of consequences which is super it's really intrigued me um about our about how we talked about like we were finally um 
we really questioned, okay, the, the, you know, Saru just made this huge biological, you know, um, decision for his entire people. And now we have this, this temporal rift and a time tsunami that happens just off the, uh, you know, off the surface of, uh, Kaminar essentially. And I thought, and it explodes and hits everything. They have to get maximum warp to get out of there. And so, I don't know, I, it just raised the question for me, and, and I, I don't think that they thought about that or will do anything with it, but I thought, wow, so we just, we just had this huge thing happen to this, this planet biologically, and then we have a time tsunami happening, like, where the moon normally would be. Is that touching Kaminar in any fashion, or do we just... I had that thought. I'm like, did this hit Kaminar, and did this change a bunch of things for the planet because time tsunami? Right? I mean, and, and I love the idea of time tsunami. Like, like uh, don't they... Tilly even says, everything sounds cooler when you put time in front of it. And right. and I thought, wow, shoot, there's a shockwave that they have to maximum warp to get out of there, which means it for sure hit the planet. What's going on with that? So I... Uh, I, I highly doubt that they will touch that again. You know, I feel like that's something they dropped, but. This entire, whatever we want to call it, MacGuffin of this, you know, time field, mm-hmm. wake, whatever. Did you guys, so I, I pride myself being able to follow a lot of like time stuff. I really felt that was really messy. Yeah. Did you guys, did you guys mm-hmm. feel like it was, for me, I the entire time I was like, all right, I'm just going to go with this, but I, I don't understand specifically the Stemets being able to beam in. Oh, that one because makes sense to me. Yeah, I was saying. Okay. Oh, with, with that, I, I, with that part of it. It, it, it's the hand wavium of just you know of he's got tardigrade DNA, so he's not affected by by time distortions or it's he like can reversing see the them. polarity. You yeah, know, it's, it's it, no, I just, but, I let but, it happen. I was fine. Okay, but I'm just saying, like, it felt a way to when you say that, like, it is definitely hand wavy though. There oh, yeah. is literally no, no purpose. Like, there's there's a cool line, but it makes no sense. I'm from ten minutes from now. Okay, but there's there's never any like, there's no any never any proof of that. They just beam oh, back. Oh, for sure. No, because he's, and he he's beams, saying and he, it, they're plotting where the like he he with the tardigrade DNA is able to plot like where the where and when the shuttle is. Um, right. He even says like Tilly Tilly's like. I love her. Like, oh, my fourth dimensional math might be a little bit off. Like, and, yes. and, and he's like, oh, no, 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 your math's fine. This last thing came from eight minutes in the future or something like that. So I, I sort of I sort of took that to be like Stamets becomes the, the constant um, or at least he's able to see the constant uh, or, you know, what, what the he's reality like, is because of he, the, he's like, he's Marty like, McFly. Is, right. I right. mean, he's he's able to because right. he's from the whatever the prime, the prime spot. Yeah. He's able to look and see yeah. that there are inconsistencies. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I felt like but he I, was talking directly to the audience when he said, yeah. trust the math. Just let this let this happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved it. I thought I that was some because I, I love time stuff in Star Trek. And, and what I liked actually about this is that it was messy. The time stuff has always been very predictable and this is not a criticism it's just what it has been you know we've we got um oh i forget the episode where they uh, uh is cause and effect where it keeps going in the loop and it starts with a poker game and then they they sort of figure out what's going on you know before the enterprise blows up 400 times in the episode um Kelsey like grammar yeah yes. yeah and we always we we get a lot of that where it's like very predictable time stuff where we have to jump through the the guardian of forever just at this right moment to get there and i liked that like the, it looked like a hurricane, you know, the time tsunami, I think is very apt where it's, where it's, uh, it's very messy. And, 
and that let it happen. I like the mis the the um, misperception that Pike has of him shooting Tyler. Although I don't know how Tyler didn't see that thing. Like, but still, um, uh, where he well, looks Tyler back can be he, a little dense. Tyler, <sighs> we Tylers are <laughs> really perceptive. Let me tell you, especially when we have Klingons inside of ourselves and our own okay. minds. Okay, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> All right. All that to say, I I did I liked it. I thought that worked. Um, I mean, I it wanted... sort of tracks with general relativity, sort of in that with general relativity, it acknowledges that there is no fixed point in time, and everything is artificial reference points we make. So they do an artificial right. reference point for that, but it's really well. I it, it was I, I more it. about just plot wise. It just didn't. It didn't. I didn't think it was weighty enough. Mm-hmm. Like I understand the concepts, I get it all. I understand how they're explaining it, and I under- all that stuff. I, I. What get. you're saying yeah. is David Tennant did a better job with wibbly wobbly timey wimey than they did in this episode. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> all right, all a right. A phrase all right. which so, got way overused for the next eight years of Doctor Who. Well, you know. Totally. Um, all right. So, anything else that we want to talk about here um, I, before I, we move on? I really like hitting Pike and Tyler. Just their weird feud is awesome. I, I don't know. Great. I liked it more last episode. This episode, it felt very filler pro forma. We're doing this because we need to fill some time on the episode. Well, it also felt very um, Saturday morning. Like the, we're we're they're going to oh, become yeah. friends now. Yeah. Like the, the moment that they the they got moment stuck they together. Yeah, I was like, okay, writers, I, I you know you're braid each now. other's hair now or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. Like it 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 was very predictable all of that was very predictable the best part of Uh, that though is a point that i a thread that i want to pull out here which is the theme of the chair um chair you know outranks the badge we had the chair that was a wonderful moment right but they keep doing that like the chair is in the credits now for a very good reason because it keeps on having a you know a co-starring role because the whole thing last week with saru in the chair and we've had tilly in the chair and the the whole the chair is the the unsung unnamed thread which which might make this weirdly kind of a I don't know a Doctor Who or something like that situation. I wonder if we get a new captain every year, or like this is the, the defense against the dark arts teacher who just keeps getting replaced because it's huh. it's the chair, not the person. Um, that would be that'd be intriguing. I'd like that. I think that because Michael Burnham. Oh uh, man, I don't yeah. know. I I, I, love I want Pike. Pike. I know. Believe I, me, your Pike oh, crush makes take, that hard. I'm telling you, oh. man. If they take Pike away, I think I, the podcast is I'm over. Not, <laughs> Yeah, I I just I really I think he grounds the show in such a wonderful way. And just like you mentioned, Kate, that moment when, you know, Tyler is being such a a jerk, like so like and he's just like, no, uh, chair outrakes the, the, the badge and just, you know, flicks it right back at him like so nonchalantly and walks up to it's like. All right. Yeah, he you owns that captain. Space. I, oh, I captain, know. Captain, exactly. Come on, man. But I, I do think it was an interesting moment when you talk about the chair. Is that later in the episode, Kate um, Saru takes command yes. and does so commandingly. Yes. Like, yes. Really good moment for him. Um, it was good. Yeah, that made my notes. Captain Saru, where he is giving people a oh. chance to shine. He gives direction in a way that encourages the development of his crew. And I just, I adore Saru as captain. Yep. We get further naming of our of our bridge crew, you know, which which still it, it still stinks. I'm I'm getting some of them. The the two women at the, at the con, I, I I 
Detmer and Oo. Detmer and Oo. I, I love them. Um, and uh, and they've gotten their nice moments to shine. We get Reese getting his moment to shine with like three or four name checks to, to cement that yep. um, in there. I, I'm forgetting the communications officer's name. I want to say it's uh, – I, no, I've forgotten it. But like um, we're getting him a little bit more. But I like that we're finally getting a cohesive unit on the bridge. And um, Arium, Arium's and Arium, definitely, yeah. she's about to come into her own. Who kind of just buzzed this. in the background of the first season. Like, she, she mm-hmm. kind of just would, they like, all, look up and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, they all did. That's fascinating. Meanwhile, our new security officer was nowhere's in sight, the one that was from Even the Enterprise. Even though they give her, like, a, yeah, they give her, like, like full-on uh, camera time in the last, at the beginning, was it the last episode or two episodes, episodes ago? A couple episodes ago, yeah. Yeah, and, and name check and title check, and then we don't see her. Again, yeah, and it's yeah. like chief of security kind of matters, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of couple of random things just just before well, as we kind of wrap this up, and then I have a question because I'm I'm curious what you guys think about this. But uh, I I had a problem. This is the first time I think I've had any a problem with anything Pike has said, um, and I, I still love him. It's okay, but um, uh, he says I know Discovery shuttle better than anyone else on board. And then I'm the and then he glares at Tyler and says I'm I'm also the most qualified one to pilot the the shuttle, which I loved. I think I loved that he he still is like elbowing Tyler. But I'm Pike is not the most qualified person on board. To, like or does he know the the shuttles better than anybody else except for Michael Burnham and Tyler and Tilly and the other people who have served on the ship like for a year before. I thought that was one of the I don't know, it felt very out of character for him to be just swinging that around and he was competing with with Ash Tyler. That's entirely what the, like he was it wasn't just the it. whole I'm outranking you as captain. It was the whole well while we're, you know, doing we're one upping each other. Well, I'm just going to show yeah. you how much more I know than you. I didn't I that's the only it, part dude, that, bumped, was, that felt bad to me. It was a, just it was a pissing competition. Exactly. Oh, Pike is better than that. That's all I'm saying. Like Pike is well, better. Well, I than know, that. but they're they're trying to set up this bromance that happens at the end. All, that's Which why I'm this entire with. thing No, I just didn't it didn't work as 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 well as it should have because yeah. it felt tacked on and at the very beginning, the moment they started bickering, yeah. you know at the end of the episode they're, gonna they're going to have more respect for one another. <laughs> and it just it just it just feels predictable unfortunately mm-hmm. yeah. i i like i like the action that happens yeah but you're right tyler the way they set it up the way they talk about it the way that it happens is just not all that interesting um it should have been better but it, it at the end it's fine it's just not like spectacular so it's, it's not the point that they do get on the same page it's more of the process that that got them there. it didn't feel That's... earned emotionally for the mm-hmm. level of animosity between them this didn't earn it we should have had a couple right. more episodes probably or just and not even have, yeah. But or or him just not have. See, it doesn't really make sense for Pike to be mad at um, at Tyler because Pike wasn't involved in any of this. Mm-hmm. He, he's yeah. just mad for other people, I guess. Yeah. So it does. It's, it's almost the principle of the thing because he keeps bringing right. up you killed a member of this crew, who he had right. never met before the day before. And by the way, who again did not show up in this episode well that gave and him an excuse also, to talk about Vogue as a shadow so we could invoke right. the title of the episode Mike I see what you're doing there in, invoke the title of the episode oh. do you get it okay oh. stop alright um, <laughs> no no <laughs> No, were you waiting for that? Was that something? No, I just, just really come up for that. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Uh, I have just that's, a list of puns just on the wall. Of this that's <laughs> really good. Like, when can I use them? Okay. Um, uh, I, I have one last thing I think of mine in this area. Unless other, do we have other other stuff that we want to mention in the in the Pike Tyler time 
tsunami situation? Um, just a comment that Ash's ownership of Burnham, you know, where did you go? It felt very much like, you know, yeah, ownership. That wasn't, that wasn't okay. Yeah. It was yeah. weird, it was right? Yeah. Weird. You don't like it. sounded like a possessive Tyler. boyfriend Oof. almost, which was a little disturbing. I was the, trying, yeah. I was trying to figure out if it was was it possessive boyfriend or was it section thirty one or we're getting a weird blending of both. I, yeah, I didn't. Which like can it I just say I still don't understand Tyler's willingness to follow section thirty one. I still don't get why he's, he's now. It's an excuse he, to he, be there. He's a completely different character, though. If you look at last year, he was so he was split, Boy Scouty, and yeah, he was trying. And now he's just like, no, I'm going to be the guy in the shadows, and I'm going to be like with the Batman, <laughs> yeah, <The> Batman. <laughs> like you know, I wrestle with the hard things in the shadows, <laughs> and it's just like. <laughs> Who are you? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why are you doing that? You know all these people on the ship. It, like, it just seems weird to me that he's decided. It, it it feels like a completely different character. I don't like him. I I kind of enjoyed his character last year. This is definitely just like silly to me. It feels odd. It feels like I an artificial because... tension creator. Yeah. 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 And maybe that'll be gone next because na- next week because now he's got all buddy buddy with the captain. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, what were you gonna say, Tyler? I know that you were you were about to say oh, your thing. Right? What one one more observation? Then I have a question for for you guys that that maybe maybe we've already hit, but um, well, I th- we might have already hit that one. But uh, did you did we notice where where it says Spock's shuttle disappeared? And I don't know if this is there's a point to this or if there's something something deeper or something uh, if it's just a name check. But it disappears in the Mutara sector, which is. Uh, where the Genesis system happens. That's where the, all, all the stuff in the Wrath of Khan occurs and where the Genesis torpedo explodes and where Spock Search dies for Spock, and is reborn. Exactly, at the end of Search for Spock. So I don't know if it's just a name check um, or if we, you know, and, and obviously that well, that thing came up before we had seen him in this episode. So I think it might just be a name thing. But uh, but that is interesting to me that they that they chose that sector that he, um, that he disappears in. So, mm-hmm. um okay yeah i mean yeah I it, it is it is interesting i don't i don't know if it means anything um, I, see I, I want it to i want it to mean something but yeah it might it's i i think i think the planet mentioned at the very last this episode does but we'll get that there means later. something we'll get more, there later yeah. we'll get there later well so the last thing that i that i wanted to say or that i want to ask is this whole thing with pike and tyler's feud um i feel like they mentioned this last week too but pike or but tyler throws it in, in pike's face do you agree I'm sorry. He says every decision you've made is about your guilt for sitting out the war and proving your own bravery, and that's been thrown at Pike before. But do we see that being something that Pike is actually doing? No, I don't either. It keeps getting thrown at him as though like he's he's wrestling with this guilt for not being there in the war and that that messed up Spock too and and all this and then and then Tyler throws that. I've seen. I don't see that evidence. That was the most present, if it was present, truly in his first episode of this yes. season, where he was not yet officially the the captain of the Discovery. Um, I don't know if they're seeding something for a future episode, or he's just trying to play mind games with Pike by repeatedly right. bringing it up. Yeah, maybe he's just messing with him, just being a jerk. Yeah, yeah, because I think there is no moment in this. Uh, other than the ones you just mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Tyler, which yeah. set up Pike as being a little bit arrogant mm-hmm. um, and wanting to prove himself. There's been no other evidence of that. Right. So it, it literally is the very beginning. It's like, well, we've got to show that he's a little bit arrogant. 
so he's going to say this line about him being the only one able to do it. Right. And then Tyler will call him on and Tyler, it. Yeah. Hmm. So that's, that's literally the only moment that I can think of outside of the moment, the, the, the first episode where we met Pike. Um, and they mentioned this, that we really see any indication that he is, or has ever been like, trying to prove something right right um, it fits agreed. more Other into than- the pissing match because it's it's the whole you know uh voke ash as i have more street cred than you because i was here for the war and i used to be yeah. somebody else you know right 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 yeah all yeah, right I, I i don't buy i don't I, it it literally is just for this it was it was a thing that they could go back to and retread for this episode for the moment for them to to kind of bond right in, in some way and it just yeah, it's artificial. Yeah, that one. Unfortunately, work. unfortunately, it is. Yeah. Okay. So, anything else that we want to say on these? I mean, we can always run back here if we need to, but uh, I think maybe we should move yeah. to. Uh, We've done our, to... our Spock tease long enough. Yeah, let's talk about Spock, guys. Let's let's discuss Michael's journey to finding Spock. So, turns out, guys, Spock's on Vulcan. <laughs> yeah, I did not see that coming at all. He's, just, he's hanging out on Vulcan. I I was fine with it. I'm fine. It's the whole... It's it was the, the whole, most obvious tw- pseudo twist point, right? ever. Like, how often, how often do we do we do something in, in a movie or a show where it's let's hide in the most obvious place because that's the last place, that, place they'll think to look. I, I'm fine. I'm down Boring with Boring trope. I, I, yeah. I, no, but I don't understand. So did did Spot get there and he was fine for a little bit and like talked to his mother and was like, "I need you to hide, ma'am. I'm about to go insane." Oh, no. I bet, I bet not. I bet, I bet you he he stumbled into the the family home and and. But she, that's a, that's my point is is that wouldn't have somebody have noticed? Like, does he Spock? Spock does. I think Amanda so like brought him. I think Amanda brought him back or to Vulcan. I think she found him she wherever he was because she's the one that can most easily get him back onto the planet uh, and into hiding. That's my because nobody's going to search the ambassador's wife's shuttle or yeah. Right, oh, I'm down right. with that. Right, she has different sure. access, and she had the ship. Yep, that's true. Kate, you just you just solved a problem with this episode <laughs> for me. That's good. that's one it's a perfect episode now. Perfect episode. No, no, it's not perfect, but that that does make more more sense because I just I I. I saw it as him, like as you were describing, finding his way to Amanda, and I was just like, "Yeah." W- w- in his current situation, like, there's no way he knows up from down and left from right. It doesn't seem like he would be able to make that decision or choice, even instinctually. It seems like that's a silly. Yeah, thing with for the Jabberwocky loose in your brain, you're not right, thinking clearly. Yeah. So you're, yeah. So Amanda found him someplace, and then just brought him back to Vulcan. Okay, I buy it. I buy it. That makes sense. That works for me. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, no, he is chilling in a what was it? Some sort of a, a cave with crystals that with, hide with Katra. Katra crystal crystals. That's Katra is the is Spock is the Vulcan soul. So when when he which that's from that's an Enterprise, Enterprise touch yep. if I'm right. Yeah, where they yeah uh, because like Captain What's His Face Katras. actually has the Katra of What's His Face in him. Sirac. Yes, thank you. <laughs> that one guy has the other guy's Katra in exactly. him, you know, that part. Yeah. Uh, you got your Katra in my peanut butter. Oh <laughs> uh, no, that's what Spock did to McCoy. Uh, it's Ew. Uh, so, uh, what? 
That just he got did. gross. Spock got his Katra in McCoy's whole business. Stop <laughs> saying that, <laughs> please. True. I beg you. Stop. Oh my gosh. I didn't even. Our, you're I'll right. say, you're, you're for right. Our, you're for right. our audience, you're right. I did not intend to make that sound any way weird. And it's my two co hosts who decided to make it sound funky. I'm just quoting uh, The Search for Spock. Speaking of which, by the That's way. That's true. That boom. is true. That is right. true. There, there's a lot of Katra all over the place. But okay, I, I so. feel like that he's defacing like a sacred Vulcan monument the entire okay. time while he's in there by by drawing on the walls. It's, it's like true. he's he's hiding in Mount Rushmore and is like scraping off Lincoln's nose or something. Yeah. yeah he's yeah, drawing yeah, math yeah. on it. Yeah. So basically Amanda has been hiding um, Spock from uh Sarek this yeah. entire time because daddy has been meditating looking for him psychically every day and turns out he's been home for a couple of days and he can't feel him yeah that's a that, that's got to be nuts all right so what do we think about this we meet we, we've already kind of teased a little bit kate but here we are we are seven episodes in we knew spock was going to be a thing this season here he is what do we think of spock just kind of as this actor like how do we feel about this actually being spock does this feel what do you guys think? How, how are we doing here? It's hard to judge because he's, yeah. he's crazy Spock right now. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't have a problem at the moment because yeah, he's babbling incessantly and we, we just don't have a, have a sense, but look and feel, you know, I am enraged um, that he has a beard, you know, just, I, I think that that's just, no, I'm just kidding. It's enraged. No, that's Twitter is enraged that Spock has oh. a beard. Um, that's, stupid also but uh i i like it i think it's great i think he looks uh he looks the part enough for me um but it'll be nice to see when he actually is spock i think it was a good choice to have him be crazy at first actually it lets us it lets us see him as spock um and and we can forgive him for a little while of you know if, if he's if he's not smoothly into the role or something like that and then he can you know we can uh, he oh, can ingratiate you're, himself you're to sell, us you're selling ethan peck short i think by saying that um, oh i'm not I, I have no doubts i'm just saying you know he's going to be scrutinized more than anybody else in this show because he's playing the most beloved character in star trek it's it's actually almost nice that they for for him for his own sake that he's not stepping fully into Spock's shoes right away. He, he gets to, he actually gets to make the part his own uh, for a bit. And then he gets, he has to fall into Nimoy. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see. And I hope we don't get to that point where he is trying to, in some way, just mimic. even do, yeah. Do a Nimoy or even, um, Zachary uh, Quinto. Quinto. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Quinto is done. Um, I, I, I like the idea that we get a different Spock here, one that is maybe a little bit rough around the edges, still trying to figure it out, understand you know, who he is. I mean, if he has a bit of like, you know, memory loss or whatever yeah. it is, like perhaps this will be, um, you know, a learning experience for him. And then, you know, at the very end here, he becomes the, the Spock that we see in the cage and, um, you know, moving Spock forward. Spock who has already been in the cage. That's Sorry, even, he's already been in the cage too, which is crazy. Or he's already been in that that episode has already happened. Yep. Oh which right, is, which right, is nuts. Right. Which I, which I love. Again, we, we can get into the Talos Four stuff, but like I I seriously love that we're gonna get. So wait, 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 are you saying the cage happened before what we're doing right now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, again, my right. computer just froze and I haven't restarted it yet. But I can look at the. So dates. this it's, is it's like five years ago, I think. 
Yeah. All right. So okay. So Pike, get... by the way, has already been. This is what's what I'm super interested in is Pike has already been captured by the by the Talosians and has been had his mind messed with and and all this other stuff. And, um, and right. So, but isn't isn't at the end of that episode they like basically what is it? They say that there no one should ever General Order Seven. It's the only they... death penalty left in the books is going back to Talos Four. But we don't know. And we're going back to Talos We're going back there. Yeah. So, But we don't know when that law went in. We know it's because of what happened there on Talos for the first time. But we don't know, did it, you know, right away, did it get instituted? Was it a little while? Or, hey, is it Michael Burnham's thing that actually tipped him over the edge and made that the death penalty? You know, who knows? So I, I... I, I'm super intrigued. I'm really, really what intrigued. What you said You're just right. now, Tyler, it occurs to me, we introduced Pike this season. That stuff is already a part of his history. And yeah. he is the most stable, steady character of the season. He's not undergoing any arcs of change, etc. What, what if this is totally a fake out and there's something actually wrong with him that's yet to be revealed? It's possible. Although what we what we find out is that... Um, is the reason for the for the general order whatever i think it's four seven is it seven, seven? um it was talus four yeah uh general order seven um is because of the talosians just like crazy mind power that they can just mess with anybody who comes comes across their path um like the death penalty by the way seems like a really harsh like <laughs> harsh reason like just quarantine the planet don't execute people for going there um and so that's what makes me wonder if there's something deeper that we're about to see. Like I would love that kind of a gap to be filled. I've always thought that was a, that was a harsh thing. Um, it doesn't, cause even Pike, Pike got away relatively unscathed. It was actually, he's super weary when we first meet him in the cage. He's the, he's like this burnt out captain. He's a lot like Kirk at the beginning of Star Trek beyond where, where he's, he's kind of burnt out on, on what he's been doing. And, um, and then he, he goes through this ordeal with, uh, with um, the Talosians and, and then we never see him again, but we know he has, he becomes a, uh, like, a, I think a Commodore or maybe, maybe he's still a captain, but he com- becomes a, an instructor at the Starfleet Academy. He, he's doing all this other stuff when we meet him and he's been horribly, horribly injured when we meet him in, in, uh, uh, at Starbase 11, I think in, in um, the menagerie. So I, I'm, yeah, I, I'm kind of curious to see how they, how they do tie all this in. Cause this is core to Pike's backstory. It's like the only thing we know about him, and it's core to Spock because it's the first time we saw him. How is yeah. this going to work? I don't yeah, know. I said this before we started recording, so I wanted to repeat it. Now, the Talos Four bit was for me the most interesting point of the entire Same. episode. Loved it, loved it. Yeah, and I didn't actually honestly make that connection just because I am not an original series guy until this this rewatch, and then I was like, oh my gosh! And now that you're saying this with the timeline stuff, so just for those of you who are listening who don't know we need to just re-highlight this there's uh, an episode of the original series it's called the, the cage the the original pilot for for star trek um was the cage and these uh this this uh planet talos 4 uh is the planet they visit it has these i don't know big-headed looking aliens my on dad it. always called them buttheads <laughs> buttheads yes and then we got the, the Ferengi and that just yeah there. yeah exactly um, anyway, so that that happens, like you were saying, before the events of Discovery. So that happened in so, 2254, and where we are in Discovery is... 2257. Okay, so it's three years before. I thought it was five. Yep. Three years after. <clears throat> it's three years... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before or after, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, no, that is... That's an interesting, an interesting point. So when... 
when Pike hears that they're in Talos Four or that Burnham's going there, I've got a feeling I'm it's so going to be a, to see. It's going to be a little bit of a uh, an argument. I'm going to say a um, yeah or a discussion. Let, let's get there before she does and stop her. You know, I'm I I honestly am so excited to see where that goes. Just. And, and it's, it's all of that. Like, this is why I, maybe it's, I liked it in anticipation because you're to, you guys are totally right. This is the first of a two-parter, right? We yes. don't get yeah. the fulfillment that we, that we need. And, and, uh, and it's mid season too. So we're really, we don't have a break, but this is the mid season. We're transitioning know, to a new arc. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, Pike is going to go back to this, this, origin place for him he's going to be reunited with spock he is uh you know he's he's kind of dealing with his issues of being out of the war and all this other stuff like i i can't i can't wait to see where this goes if it pays off really well which we'll see yeah it could be a big character reveal for him because he has we haven't revealed a whole lot about him this season really it's mostly been about him meshing with the discovery crew and his adventures with them so this could get really personal yeah. Well, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I I find this fascinating. I had not realized, and I'm glad we had the discussion because this this timeline thing is going to, I think, bring real tension because of the fact that there is experience on the side of Pike. Um, we've seen on the next on preview that the Telosians are a part. Oh of yeah. It. We, we see them. They're front and center. They are there. Um, so. Some things are, some stuff's going to be going down, um, and uh, it looks pretty intense. It looks like uh, some crazy stuff's going to be happening. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. I, I that that that's really great. Um, really cool way to 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 fold in what we'd call what prime universe canon mm-hmm. um, yeah. into what's happening here. So yeah, very cool. Absolutely. All right. Anything else we want to say about Spock? I mean, he's asleep for most of this episode, like literally asleep. It's kind of like the Christmas invasion to get my next Doctor Who reference in. Moving yeah. on. Um, this is the longest conversation <sighs> I think we've potentially had in Prime Universe history between Sarek and Amanda. Um, yeah. Talking about the family, et cetera, the most intense. Because in the other shows, it was very much Sarek's taking the lead and Amanda was essentially subservient to him in in those representations which are certainly an artifact of the time period when those uh, shows were on and in this she's uh outright she's defying is the wrong word because that still puts her in a subservient position she's she's really asserting that you know dude we're partners in this and you know you don't get to say and further she's mama bearing over her children um and recognizing what sarek can't see or won't see about what it means for his children to be raised as outsiders um, and what she did to try and help her children cope with their differences uh, in the, the culture that they're uh, growing up in, which finally gives us a bit more explanation for why on earth they picked Alice in Wonderland as the story that she read to them so much. Um, oh, that's... I. I I love, I love it. I know Chris, you've you have really disliked the Alex Alice in Wonderland thing. Um, I loved it. I, this only cemented my love for it. Maybe it's the the literature geek in me, but but I I've always liked it. I think this was great. I love that they. It's a weird connection point that she and Spock have that uh, Michael and Spock have, um, and it fits. I think it fits um, with with what they're doing. It, it the only part that I found that it became trite for me was reverse the numbers, which guys. 
I did oh, that. Oh my word! The, yes, the first moment he started quoting it, and oh, I couldn't search for anything. Did you try typing him in backwards? Because that's what I did first. So we didn't. Obvi. It didn't come up with any. And to yeah. bring up a learning disability to then make it a a plot point, like did a total disservice mm-hmm. to even mm-hmm. putting that in there. And putting that in there, I had my own issues with that. Like, I don't have a problem with the Vulcan version of dyslexia. I have a problem with the way they used it for the story. Do you mean in, in solving the, the numbers? Right. Right. Aside oh, from it I being read that as, blatantly uh, obvious. Um, um, right. I, I read that as, as uh, um, through the looking glass. I read that as mirroring. I did not actually connect it with the dysphagia other than that was her impetus for reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. I, I, yeah, I didn't. See, I, I th- didn't that would have been a more interesting point. They describe it not just as dyslexia, but they talk about it as uh, um, a spatial, spatial and order yeah. thing. And we have an episode where we're dealing with time and space and space right. and time not going in a proper order. So there's clearly an intention there that they're, they're trying to make a connection and maybe that's why his brain is in some way more susceptible to what's going on with the red angel and the time issues because exactly. neurologically the difference right. going on there but totally. um, wasn't entirely thrilled with how they played it out well so it's it's almost been misdiagnosed that if it is related to the red angel i wonder if it's been misdiagnosed because it's actually this this um temporal he, thing yeah you know, Right. He doesn't he doesn't actually have this thing. He's just been afflicted with it because he's more sensitive to this red angel. This right. red angel has given him a more of an awareness of, that I would like. Which then allows for the broader story of Spock being able to time travel and exist in both universes and oh, if that means that he is that the stinking of. red angel, I'm going to be so angry. <laughs> oh. I think he's just more aware yeah. of it is what it seems. And and obviously the connections that he makes and has are very, you know, Spock is integral to just about every single Star Trek series or major event that we know. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he is, yeah. he's around. So it's almost like, um, Oh, what, what is that show? Is it, was it fringe or whatever that show is where like, um, you would get like these temporal, um, the observers. Uh, no, no, like temporal, um, uh, oh shoot, vacationers or whatever. What, what's the word for tourists? Tourists, yeah. Temporal tourists who would show up and watch major events like tragedies or oh, collapses or whatever. That's not fringe, but I, I, it's triggering. That's I mean, unless you're it's talking something. about the observers, but that, but that happens something like in that fringe is, too. But maybe you're not talking about the same show. Yeah. Oh man, it's the, the guys with the hats on. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's yes. You're right. That's the observers. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, I anyway. So I just I, I I find it very I find that to be very interesting. Is that like he's just because he's so well connected, you know, with all this stuff. He is just he's vital, and so and also more sensitive to. Um, the temporal wakes or whatever we want to call yeah. them. So he's, he's anyway, detective munch um, in some ways where he shows up everywhere in law and order and all these other shows that are not. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I do want to make a point of talking about how Sarek is with his son, even though it's, they're not re- interacting in this episode because this is directly within that time period that they are historically not seeing each other or talking to each other. So I guess by the letter of the law that was continued because they don't actually talk, even though they're in the same room together um but it seems like he is even when he's laying out the logic of whether or not to turn spock in and what to do with 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 burnham's career etc he seems always more sympathetic 
to taking care of Burnham than he is with his own son, always. And Mm -hmm. this seems to be, this is, I mean, this is after um, Spock goes to Starfleet instead of the Vulcan Science Academy. But this was the first time where, because of getting bits from his childhood and Amanda talking about what Spock struggled with, it made me wonder if Sarek is perhaps a little bit racist himself, where he has trouble with his son being half in a way that it's okay because Burnham's an adopted child and she's not half. She like, I kind of wondered if there was an element of racism, just the way the Vulcans tend to treat that anyways, uh, that is also part of his struggle with his son. I, I could really, I could see something along those lines or, or that he's a disappointment or he's, he's, I don't know, something, something in that, in that way. Or even could just be the father son dynamic and what a father wants a son to be. Right. He's not living up to what he expected of him or something like that. Cause he, the way that he, the way that Sarek, and maybe it's just the cold logic of it, but Sarek kind of, until the one moment where he says, I'm not prepared to lose both my son and my daughter in the same day. Yeah. That's the that was only moment you feel moment. like he cares. Where he cares. almost chokes up. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, but see, I think he does. Sarek is always this way, right? He he's, is cold. He's always logic. Right. I, I agree. But... I do think he cares. That's just the only bit in that entire sequence that you actually see it and feel that he cares. Yeah. I, yeah. But I still think he needs to keep air of he is Vulcan. Yeah. But he, can't... he is very much... You know, uh, he very much has emotion. He very Agreed. much is in. There's a reason yeah, why he and, keeps marrying human women. You know. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I just, I think that's interesting. That, um, yeah, that 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 it, it, when you say they're not talking to one another, that they're 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 strained. I just, it makes me think like. Is there another reason Sarek is doing it on purpose? Mm. He's pushing his yeah. son away because he knows something or he uh, he he understands that if he doesn't, his son will be worse off. Right. And so he must give his son a reason to push against him. Hate. Exactly. Whatever it is. That's a thought. All because right. he was much he was much kinder to Burnham. Uh, they- well, but I think because because Burnham needs that. And, mm. and, and I also think that 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 is not, that is something that. I think Sarek's smarter than that, in mm. other words, and I don't think he doesn't love his son. Oh, I, I agree with you on that. I do yeah, think he loves yeah. his son, but his motivations behind what he's doing is what I'm curious about. Or but even very rarely does Sarek's motivation are wrong, though. Normally, <laughs> Sarek is very... He's far ahead. Right. He's, he's two or three steps ahead. Yeah. Very rare. I don't even know if ever Sarek is like duped you know what i mean mm. normally sarek's like no i knew that was gonna happen <laughs> i i understood i let you do it because i knew that rook needed to be over there the and original the know-it-all here <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly you know what i mean yeah. like it just it, it would be out point. of his character anyway that is a good know. point I but i think that it, i think that it is super intriguing about this the conflict between amanda and sarek and we are we're supposed to side with amanda in all of this like that we are geared by uh, by the writing to, to side with Amanda, where I, I think she, uh, well, I think it's just it's the, the the misunderstandable or the misunderstanding that happens between people, where where she assumes how and why Sarek is acting the way he is. He doesn't really understand her because she's acting, um, you know, she's a human. She's acting emotionally, and and um, so they're they're both kind of acting in different ways. And I think that's just that the culture clash they have a they have a they have an interesting and as far as we know unique marriage Mm -hmm. um and so it's it's interesting it's interesting to see how they how they act um 
you, we want to move into to yeah. Uh, I would say we're 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 a little over an hour now, okay. um, and I think maybe we should move on. If there's nothing, maybe to wrap this up real quick, as if there's anything else you want to say, or, or no, let's... moving into where with Burnham and, right. and uh, Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, yes, let's, let's I, talk. I only speak of Michelle Yeoh as the actress's name, not yeah, Giorgio. Giorgio. Um, so let's talk about Giorgio. Yeah, let's do it. I, she's intriguing me. I, I am so excited for the Section Thirty One show. I can't. I, I really am excited. Just mainly because she is, she's so interestingly. She's she's on her own side. Mm-hmm. Giorgio is on her own side. Um, she is using Section 31. Um, she is fully willing. Twice now we've seen her ready to blackmail Leland. Mm-hmm. Section 31 thinks that it's using her. She's using it. And and weirdly, I want I want to, although I don't. I want to trust her because she's like she's like okay, look, they are actually manipulating you. This this device. Uh, is going to actually just extract the memory and who knows what the heck it's going to do to Spock's brain, um, get him out of here. But is that, but what are her motivations? Is it because she doesn't want Spock to fall into Section 31's hands because that gives them the power? Like, I, I'm just intrigued by the possibilities of what is they're Is she trying do to make job. Leland take a hit because her end goal is to take his job and to then To take some? it over. Right. And and she's she's not loyal to Section 31. This is not, you know, this is Leland is not the best for Section 31. Leland is in her way is what it is. And I I like it. Well, it's interesting because Giorgio obviously knows more than she's mm-hmm. leading on. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, her threats that she makes, she says to um, Leland um, that she knows that he is responsible for Michael's parents' Which, death. That was a big deal. Oh yeah. No, it wasn't. He. It was supposed to be a big deal, and it fell flat. Did it? Yeah. Oh. Well, I, I, I. Well, here's the thing. Like before that moment, and I, I'm not exactly sure if it's the same thing. It probably is it's the same bit of information. But Giorgio says to Michael, "I know more about you than you can imagine." Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I'm guessing what this is saying is is that she just you know she's she knows all this information she's able to blackmail the lead whatever captain of section 31 and so she's going to through blackmail very it reminds me and I think I said this last episode or maybe the episode before that it's a very Garrick um, yeah. yeah kind of set of uh, morality mm-hmm. here you know what I mean like. Right. She has her friends. She's going to be loyal to those friends and help them out of, you know, a thing. But she's also has no problem blackmailing a dude. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and I'm not sure she's being loyal. I think she's following with a specific intention. It's her own thing. Right. I think well, she I don't plays. Know if she's getting anything. She plays to Burnham what she needs to to get Burnham to do what she wants her to do. But is there anything she's getting out of that, though? I just There's don't think we that, know her end game. We, yeah, we don't know yet. Yeah. Yeah, mm. they're sort of setting I, I, you up to like her a little bit because she's nice to Burnham and we're supposed to like people who are nice to Burnham. I do not trust it. Well, no, no, but I, I, I've always just assumed it's because Burnham and Giorgio in the alternate universe also had a connection. And she's just trying to rekindle that with this. Or Michael to control and, her. But that I would say for a manipulative purpose, not for a I love you kind of, you know. Right, right, right. No, no, no. I, I, I get that. I, obviously, she's on her own trajectory. But what I'm saying is, is that she genuinely 
Well, okay. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I, mm, I mean, she's going to have her own show, guys. At some point, she has to have a more... We're not going to... Well, I never mind. I take that back. The first season of Star Trek Discovery, otherwise we're not going to have a captain that is amoral. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Maybe who we, yeah. who we like, like, <laughs> yeah. Ugh, so I, I have a theory because of the context of this episode with time and the future and the rest of that, where when she talked about knowing more about Burnham, uh, the implication within the episode is I know about your family, or at least it's the information they drop in there. But to me, I kind of wondered if she has future knowledge of where some things are going and she's maneuvering that yeah. way. It made me think. I th- I want to say his name was Crewman Daniels or something like that from Enterprise, yep. who was the guy who was time trapped with the, the time agent or whatever they called yeah. them. I feel like she, whether she has traveled herself or she's got inside information, I think she's got future information and that's what she's angling towards and working with. And um, that that's yeah. potentially a larger context for her comment uh, that to Burnham. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, for all we know, the only two characters we've really met from Section 31, um, well, I guess there's three now, is Georgiou, Leland, and Tyler. Um, uh, Tyler. Those are the only three we really know. So wouldn't it be crazy if all of Section 131 in this timeline, because all those ships are so futuristic, are actually from the future? Or, or built are, with future you know knowledge I mean? and tech. Yeah, exactly. Like, who knows right now? Section 31 is still super, because the member... That was one of the things that uh, Leland says to Michael is you can't stay here mm-hmm. because you, because it's this is so super secret. If you were to you can't walk, uh, you know, you just can't stay here. Uh, it's it's only you know crew members uh, of Section 31. That brings up one of the so, potholes of this episode that bugged the tar out of me. It was too easy for Burnham to find them and too easy for her to escape. Oh, totally. But this is echoing my problem since last episode or a couple episodes ago where it's just like so everybody just knows about section 31 there's a fleet of ships out there everybody knows about them they all talk about them they all just call them 31 and like it no it's it's like no it's dumb i no i disagree yeah well everybody on discovery we talked about this last time yeah, discovery care. is like a section 31 b they had an entire section 31 section uh, yeah but but they're pretending is it's just exactly like they're pretending that Giorgio isn't from another universe where where like uh where tyler's walking around in in regular old uniform and he's specialist tyler like as though nobody knows where he's from like why is he not wearing right why is he not wearing the leather you know jumpsuit that everybody apparently is weird section 31 because he's not as hot in it as Giorgio is I'm that's I, well I agree I mean Michelle Yao like guys but like it's just Yao we love we love Michelle Yao what did I say Yao yo Michelle Yao we like her okay it's fine Yao <laughs> exactly what I was thinking okay <sighs> all, right. all right all right are we are we done up. do we feel good about this have we done it have we done it ladies and gentlemen stick a fork I, in it we're done <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm really excited about next week. Uh, we we theoretically are gonna get Spock returned to some kind of sanity. We're gonna get Talos Four. We're gonna get Pike. You know, all you know, dealing with that history. I, I'm excited. Did you say we're gonna get Piked? Is that what <laughs> no Pike dealing with that whole history? Yeah. Got it. So Got I'm it. excited. Your words this time. Awesome. Wow. Well, my my expectations are managed. So I'm hoping that will be blown up and it'll be all amazing but i'm managed at this point oh no that's sad all right tyler take us home take us home tyler. all right the voyage well home. as always see i almost did that earlier we we finished our search for spock now it's time to voyage home um 
<laughs> and I'm just going to say, they had this whole family meeting, and no one has mentioned Cybok. I'm just, guys, it's so... Is strange. that your white whale, just to get <sighs> the whales fine. in there? It's so irritating to me. Anyway, okay. Uh, as always, everybody, you can follow us on Twitter at The Next Trek. You can find us on Facebook, where we are slowly but surely putting more information and more links and more uh, conversations happening there. Uh, f- uh, follow us. Let us know. Are we crazy? Uh, follow us or subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Let us know how we did. Um, even if we th- we have done terribly, like maybe we've done five stars worth of terrible, and you could just put that up on there, and that'd be great. Like Tyler's so, puns. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, and as always, live long and prosper. Prosper.